CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. All right. It's dead? It's dead. So this is predictable, by the way. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Fucking predictable. Um, so Brian David Marshall, Michael J. Flores, Top 8 Magic. We had this whole pregame thing. We can lie about how long it was. It was like an hour. It was like eight minutes. But <laughs> so we did a pre- AKA an hour. We did a pregame on the tournament. Brian's playing mono blue devotion. I'm playing red white spurling burn, which is the deck that I'm probably playing in the Invitational this weekend. Spurn and burn. Spurn and burn. I don't know. I don't know if that's what it's called. I'm just calling it like spurling burn. Spurling burn. Yeah. Taya calls it Matt's deck. <laughs> um. Uh. And I don't know. Uh, round one is in the record books now. Uh, how, how did you fare? Uh, I won. I played against the John Planeswalkers. So people at these local tournaments just all have real decks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they all they all have real decks. I mean, I don't know, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, they all they all have like something that's done well in an Invitational or a Pro Tour or you know uh, an Open or. Like yeah. she literally just has a deck with like all dual lands and Corsair of Crufix and. Yeah, Sylvan Carry added Corsair of Crufix, Rakdos Return, your favorite. Yeah. I got Rakdos returned for four. Did you win that game? Hand. I did win that game. I mean, I had, like, a FASA going, a Master of Waves in play. Are you playing the new, um, was it Military Intelligence rather than... Uh, I wish. I love Military Intelligence. I think that's, it just gets us online so much faster yeah, than... Yeah, Military Intelligence is... First of all, that card Biden is so Fasa. underdrafted on Magic Online. Like, blue in general is pretty underdrafted. I wouldn't know. Because blue is, you know, the worst color for M15. Like, if you just power, you know, if you just rank the colors, it's the weakest. But because of that, it's the best. Because no one drafts it. So this is, I mean, I wish we just had said round one at the beginning. Because then I got to make sure that I could order them correctly. Just by saying like round one, round two, or whatever. Well, they'll go up in order. Well, I, I mean, I'm talking we'll about say round two us, me naming them correctly is oh, a yeah. different question. All right, so I also won. I played against just a red-white beatdown deck. I'm not sure if it's just like, he didn't seem to have Rabble Masters, which I thought that was like the so beatdown deck he was, playing, he was playing a creature-based red deck as opposed to like your burn-based red deck? Yeah, he had like uh, Rakdos, Cackler, Ash, Zealot, Chandra's, maybe not actually, those, and Chandra's Phoenix. Maybe I sideboarded wrong. Did he play any other creatures than those? I didn't see anything. Were you were you expecting, you were expecting Rabble? I thought he, yeah, I thought he was playing Rabble Red because he played first turn Rakdos, Cackler against me, so I sided in the Fire Dancers, and I drew two Fire Dancers in game two. One of them got value. Um, uh, I probably didn't deserve to win that match. He missed picking up Chandra's Phoenix three times. Oh, boy. Um, I think he did... I think he's a... S- yeah, I, mean, I don't know. He just, like, blasted me to the face a bunch of times. I mean, having then. the Chandra's Phoenix would certainly have turned that... Two of the games... The, both the games I won were super close. Well, in the, in the, the game he won was super close, too. In the last game, it wouldn't have been as big a deal. Oh, I would have won. I was crushing him. you had the two... Um, what is that card? Blind Obedience. Blind so obedience. I'm testing Blind Obedience so out. His, Seems well, awesome. So his... His Chandra Phoenixes are a little worse. Like, I was on the play in game three, and I was like, turn two blind obedience, and he's like, turn two ashes a lot, so and I'm like. Uh, and you had Siren and you had Siren blood in your hand at the end of the game. Like, if he'd returned his Chandra Phoenix, you just. It's not even funny. I mean, I actually, in game. In one of the games where it was it's close. It's probably less close so if he returns Chandra Actually, it's a good point, because, like, one of the games, like, I think the game that I lost, he blasted me out of turn with a Boros Charm, putting me to six, but he only had, like, three lands in play. Yeah. And uh, he was at he was at seven, I think. Yeah. And um, 
And I wanted to be like, pick up your Chandra Phoenix because I want him to play it so that I could just searing blaze it. <laughs> but he just like drew it. Maybe, maybe he has Sacred a read on you. went to maybe five he had the read and, on you and just threw two lightning strikes at me. Yeah, maybe as Messiah. I mean, it's not like there was a secret that you were looking for searing bloods before the tournament. Oh yeah, so there was a whole drama about how I didn't have searing bloods at the beginning of the tournament, but some cool guys uh, named Nick and John, right? Yeah. Um, helped me obtain the searing bloods. Uh, so I have the 75 I wanted to play. So my main deck is, um, I guess it's 58 of the same cards as Matt Sperling played. I'm a maverick and playing the fourth Sacred Foundry. Um, okay. That's just did, not negotiable did, for did, me. Did, uh, did Matt talk about playing why he played only three? Adrian Sullivan told him to. <laughs> wow. We were on the same mailing well, list. Matt's Matt, not. Matt thought it was crazy. And well, then the night before the tournament, he was just like, all right, I'm in, I'm in Adrian's game. I guess he played a lot of games. And sure. I don't know. I... I would have won game two if I hadn't had to take two points of damage from Sacred Foundry on turn one. Right. I mean, like, I was on the draw, right? So he played a first turn uh, Boros Guild Gate, and I just, like, looked at him, and I'm like, all right, Sacred Foundry face up, and he's like, Azzel, and I'm like, shoot it. I'm not like, I... Took two, save two. <laughs> I mean, but it's so much better, right? So I have to spend my shock. Oh, right. Otherwise, like, when am I going to cast that shock? Right. Like, I'm probably going to take... Yeah. Extra two to four damage yeah, for not yeah, playing yeah. that Sacred Foundry. That's like definitely it. the right play. I like this Um So maybe maybe it's right. I don't know. Yeah. Wide obedience was insane that match. Yeah, it was real. It's actually in the burn match. I mean, it was almost. It was essentially a. Uh, War Leader's Helix? Oh, War Leader's Helix. I was thinking more of the uh, the artifact that, you know, it's like whenever they play a mountain or. Oh, yeah. I mean, like when I was just like shocked, you dra drain you twice. Yeah. It's just like horrified, right? It's yeah. like. Every shock is a war leader Helix now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty sweet. Um, so, yeah, it was harder than I thought. But I think, in hindsight, I think I, I actually just missideboarded, like, because he played Rakdos Cackler. Maybe this deck only has 12 guys. Right. Because he, he played, like, war leader's Helix, Stoke the Flames, Lightning Strike, and... But he may have also side... He may have also... Like, maybe you just side out the Rabble Master against the red deck. Maybe he, maybe he went, you know, maybe he just went to a more burn version. You know, I'm curious, though. I know he's playing... Boros Reckoner because he played his sideboard face up. Oh yeah. So and he, I don't he didn't bring it in against me. I mean that's like one of the best cards in the pretty, Red Mirror. Pretty good against. Like that's the kind of card that I wish that I had. Yeah. It's actually a little gross against you. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Especially like I mean game one was so awesome. Right. Like I, I thought you were gonna take a picture with me so sweet. Like <laughs> my turn three, like uh like I just didn't don't play Young Pyromancer don't play Young Pyromancer. So I'm like slow playing for Young Pyromancer, right? And then like he he uh, then so I just play Young Pyromancer on turn three. He plays Chandra's Phoenix. I shock Chandra's Phoenix to make a token, get in for three. Then on his turn, he like lightning strikes it, and I have like Boros Charm, oh, so make a token, just, which is that's absurd. Disgusting. And he's like, oh my god, this disgusting. That I just value shock him with my other mana to make a guy. <laughs> I had, like, five power the next turn. It was I absurd. Also, I, and I, seriously, it was a close match. So you, had, you had five Mike Flores tokens in play. At the end of the game, yeah. At the end of the game. I had six Michael J. Flores tokens in play at the end of my second game, but they were face down. Why did you face down, them? Because well, they say 1-1 one, one on them, and they're, 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 I don't want to mislead what they are. I didn't have any... If you borrow any more Mike Flores tokens today, oh. they are to be face up. Uh, you know, you need to win an Invitational or something so you can make 0-1... You know, Master of Waves Elemental Tokens. I don't want to do that. I want to make best tokens. Best tokens. What are best tokens? Bests, you know. Three threes, four fours, five fives. They got all kinds of bests. Oh, I guess worms are five fives. I think, is the round over? There seems to be a judge with a paper in his hand. Possibly. I don't think the round's over, though. 
I think people might just be reporting. Um, he's coming. I think he's going to come tell us it's over. Is the round over? Magic players. Pairings are out. Please, at the beginning of every round, check your points to make sure that they're accurate. Right. Okay. Match, That's uh, it. So we're going to fight again. Three points. So, okay. Don't, so, not lose this one. Yeah. Round two is... Uh, in the books. In the books. So you won 2-1. I did win 2-1. So I, I won 2-0. You want to, what do you what do you think I lost? Like you you know like this I don't guy, know what your matchup was. You know this, but you know the matchups. Like what do you think? Just like it was close. All three games were close. What I do you think I was playing? Against? Mono black devotion. No. I don't know. Slivers. Slivers. You lost the game. He so he got <laughs> set up in the game where he had all of his slivers were flying. Yeah. All of his slivers had first strike. All of his slivers had death touch. So first strike death touch is really bad. But for a combat deck, yeah. For a combat deck. And then he had... Um, all of his slivers made mana for him. And all of his slivers drained me for one whenever they attacked. Who's, whose deck is that that you own? This is Ferrandos. Ferrandos? Okay, wait. So so we play. I'm like, okay. I kind of... Kind of like... He's hitting me a little bit, but he's holding back because I've a I've played a Master of Waves for five and then a Master of Waves for six. And so, this like, is the game you lost? This is the game I lost. Well, like, he's just like really... Oh, like, he has Flying Slivers. He has Flying Slivers. Okay. I, can't, I haven't been able to attack. He's like leaving first striking... And you can't win touch. on the board. So I'm like... I'm, just, and so I'm, I'm holding a Tidebinder Mage. I'm like waiting for him to start attacking a little bit. And then I'm going to like Tidebinder him. I alpha... So I, I sort of beta strike him one turn. And then I'm going to... Beta strike. And then I'm going to alpha strike him the next turn. So I like send in five of my Master Waves tokens that are all three power. And I get in. And I get him to like nine or something. And then next turn, I'm like, okay, I have the second, you know, the second Master Waves comes down. That the next turn, I'm like, Tidebinder Mage, one of your green guys attack with everybody. I think I just and they're like four power guys. So. Yeah, yeah, and he's just like, tap all my slivers, Cyclonic Rift, you. Oh, <laughs> he was just baiting you. He was, uh, but then I got him and I gained, I gained saved him, I gained saved. You gained so that. What? You Not that, that? No, no, oh. I mean, say game three. I was like, oh, I see. Again, say the polymorphous chest, which would have been which disgusting. Which one is that? That's like everything becomes a 1 1 frog that you control. So, he had a buy round one, so I don't know, you know, how legitimate a deck, the sliver deck is. But I gotta tell you, if you get hit, set up behind first strike sliver, death touch sliver, and flying sliver, and he also had the sliver land so he could just like make slivers. There, there's no like hexproof sliver in this deck. No, is there? I don't think so. I don't think there's an indestructible a sliver. So. Yeah, there is sliver. He had the sliver lore, which makes all your slivers oh, indestructible. Oh, actually, I don't remember what deck I was playing, but before I settled on Matt's deck, somebody can you haste that into play? I mean, uh, flash that into play for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I think somebody flashed that. Into, I, how, I can't recall how he flashed. Oh, he had the stupid two-three guy for five in his sliver deck. Oh, okay. Because oh, I nice. guess all of his mana web slivers are letting him. Oh, cast. that's pretty sweet, actually. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, I think I'm gonna take over. The I, th I I I ramped up to Garuk Alpha Apex Predator, and I'm gonna take out a Super Two Three, or I don't remember what the hell. I Whatever did. you were gonna do. But take out his like, maybe he had like the Exile Sliver. He's just like Hexproof just, like, Sliver. Like, yeah, in response like Sliver War. I'm like, I just like DC'd on him. That's what you get. <laughs> I didn't DC. That's yeah. not the kind of person I am. I, I don't think I've, I've never DC'd on somebody, no matter how pissed off I got. So, so tell me about tell me about the tale of the red deck round two. So um, I played against my benevolent benefactor Nick, who was a purveyor of searing bloods. Okay, and what was he playing? Was he playing mono blue? Mono blue. He actually outmaneuvered my, my outmaneuvered my searing blood. I attempted to searing blood his tidebinder mage that was locking down my young pyromancer, 
Uh, so, oh no, I'm sorry. So let me think. He has a Tidebinder. I, I go Young Pyromancer. He goes uh, Tidebinder Mage. I have a difficult situation in turn three. I'm like, uh, I play my third land. I can, you know, shock his Tidebinder Mage and get a token, attack my Mutavault. Um, I elect to just uh, cast uh, Chandra's Phoenix in attack. He responds by playing um, Nightvale Spectre. Oh, he must have been on the, I don't remember. For some reason, he has one more mana than me. Yeah. So in the next turn, he has a mana open. And so I just swing with my token and uh, and uh, my Chandra's Phoenix into his into his Nightvale Spectre. And he blocks Chandra's Phoenix, obviously. So I'm like, Searing Blaze to finish it off, rebuy my Chandra's Phoenix. But he like, frogify, he pongifies it. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I guess I get a token, which is sweet. But then um, I missed the rebuy on Chandra's Phoenix. Right, right, right. The thing I'm proud of is, like, I had Chandra's Phoenix, Young Pyromancer, and ultimately Seder Fire Dancer in game two. I did not miss a single trigger. Nice, so this good. Exposed this well we for to, me. This is what we need to do. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you know. And, like, you can't, you really, like, that's a deck that's, like. This is an incredibly difficult deck to play perfectly. It's a really difficult deck, and you really, like, you know, need to do some to 20, sometimes 25 damage if they only have one elixir. So I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, it's vastly overrated. Yeah, vastly overrated. Yeah, it's insanely overrated. <laughs> like, like, you know, in the stone cold light of day, very overrated. In the gray hazy mist of night, probably properly I mean, rated. They're like the, the, they're like the opposite of the 2014-2015 Cavs, like. 2014-2015 Cavs are like considered the best team in the East and badly underrated. Because um, Pineapple Express is a movie I fell asleep in, and I didn't think it was. Many very people good. fell asleep during Pineapple Express. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that's New York for you. <laughs> we just diverged. So, um, and uh, yeah, so he pongifies in response, and so I mean, it takes me a while to reset up, but you know, he has uh, only a small Master of Waves in game one, and so I'm able to overcome it just with burn cards to the face, just right. racing yeah, with, yeah, like, yeah. I drew all my bad burn cards, so, like, hey. skull cracks and Boros, Boros Arms, but they still go to the head. I gotta tell you, it is so sweet playing the Mono Blue deck, and just, like, all my lands come into play untapped. Oh, yeah. I take no damage from my I'm, lands. I'm taking so much damage from my lands, I'm only oh, playing okay. two colors in two rounds. Okay. Maybe the three Sacred Boundaries is right. Yeah, maybe. How, how often is it right? So I, I go turn one, Cloudfin Raptor. Yeah. And then turn two, I can play Tidebinder Mage on a blank, which I don't want to do. Frost, Frostborn. What deck is he? Sliver? He's Slivers. Frostborn Weird. Yeah. Or I can just play two more Cloudfin Raptors. I just play the Cloudfin Raptors. That's what I did. Okay. Yeah. And then I just you win got, that game? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they just end like when you play the Tidebinder Mage, you're tagging for three in the air. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously given you the mana of not, like, not anger of the gods, not, not, well, he's not supreme verdict, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm saying, like, in the situation you're in, yeah. you look at his mana, he's not anger of the gods, oh, and yeah, he's not yeah, yeah, supreme yeah. verdict, and he's not Mizium Mortar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine. Been it could have been anything. He right. could certainly Mizium Mortar. Can you imagine that? A deck that just Mizium Mortars and Cyclonic Rips? Just like yes, a Yes, I played deck? a deck like that. Blue, yeah. red, blue red Delver. Oh, with yeah. both, I mean, when those cards were new, I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, these cards are obviously really good. I mean, I've done that with Bonfire and Cyclonic Rift. My deck had Bonfire, Cyclonic Rift, and Mizium Mortars. That's between deck and sideboard. I might have actually had all four, all three. But of not three. twelve. But like, yeah, I think yeah. I only had like two Cyclonic Rifts. Yeah. But I probably had four of the other two. I tell you, I'm, I'm really impressed with this Sliver deck. Like, it was really close. You got to buy, and you beat him. I, but I got to tell you, but like, there was something there. I mean, obviously, it's like a weird deck that exists. 
only in this bizarre metagame between Did two... Did he have mana confluence? No. Okay, if, whether you said yes or no, I would have said the same answer. I'll play that deck every round, right? I mean, obviously I'm happy to play against... I was happy when I got paired against them. Right? So, like, if it, was, it got scary. I'm just telling you. So, good players are playing, like, green-white this weekend. Really? Is that a good deck? This weekend? Like, you mean at the Invitational? Invitational, yeah. Are you supposed to be giving that information out? Or I didn't say who. Oh, okay. Because people have talked to. Like, like really? Like, Baby Fedge deck? Yeah. I mean, Baby Fedge, first constructed tournament. That deck, uh, that deck was very powerful. Was can I beat that deck? I don't know. I think I can. Right? They don't have removal, do they? Not really. I mean, can they, they can. can they beat a Seder Fire Dancer? I don't know. I mean, I just played turn two, turn three Seder Fire Dancer in game two, and he didn't have, he didn't have. Uh, I mean, it's very, it's very hard for them, for them to, it's very hard for them to make a Fleece Main go live. Smiter's a bit of a problem for you. I mean, I just Oros charm his face and kill the Smiter. Oh well, with the yeah. Yeah, and also I would side, I would probably side in Stormbreath Dragon against that deck. Sure. A lot of his guys are white. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I'd play, and then I'd probably just play, like, a slow controlling game against you that just, deck. You could just do, like, what Ivan Flock did, and you could just bring in Nyx, Fleece, Rams, and Arkham. You know, I thought about playing those cards in my sideboard. <laughs> my deck can cast them, right? They're easy I know, to cast. I know, Especially with four, uh... <laughs> when I have a black-white temple in my sideboard. <laughs> yeah. That'd be sweet. I sided in the temple in round one. Yeah. I didn't draw it, but... Yeah, that was the, that was the round where you were bringing in the... White spells. The blind obedience. Yeah. yeah. They were fantastic. Yeah. I I'm like that. incredibly I like that in happy with my deck at my current 2-0. It's, it's actually so good in the mirror. Like, blind obedience. I think I might play more. Like, it's just so sick. It's like, okay, I shut down your Chandra Phoenix. And Ash Zealot if they have And your Ash Zealot. And I'm just like, everything is just... If we were the full mirror, I would have sided in Stormbreath Dragon. But like, he was playing a beatdown deck, so I thought he was playing a beatdown deck anyway, so yeah. Stormbreath Dragon might be slow. But like, Stormbreath Dragon is just like... You know, Stoke slash Warleaders Helix 9 through 12. Right. And they can't remove it. They just have Stokes for it, right? They have right. no other cards that can kill it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have it, like, it's just going to kill them. Right. right? Am right. I wrong? No, I agree. I agree. I like it. What, uh... All right, so next week... But winning the flip is so important. Will you be able to play Magic again next Tuesday? If I'm, so I've been sick for about a week. And so oh, I haven't... Great. So... We were just making out. That's not funny. How do you think I got sick? <laughs> uh, just kidding. We have children. Like, they're just yeah, bundles of germs. Little, so, little like, petri dishes. So Clark was sick, then I got sick, and Catherine's sick, and now Bella's, Bella just got back from Alaska. She's, like, super She's sick. She's doing Alaska. She went to Alaska Is she fighting weeks. the plague, like, in the last ship? I don't know what that is. Was she, like, looking for the is. primordial strain? I don't know what that is. Yeah. That was actually an Antarctic. So anyway, uh, yeah, so we just passed it around, like, you know, VD. Yeah. <laughs> like you do. Um, so, I mean, I haven't been going to the gym, right? But I think probably I'll, I'll go back to my usual routine next week. So next Tuesday, you got to play. So I'm playing standard with you this Tuesday. You're going to come with me to Montesi next Tuesday. To play draft. draft. Yeah. But is that going to take a long, long time? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I almost, I almost answered the hero draft last week at Johnny's. They were drafting Cube. Did you go? Yeah, I went. I really I beat John. It. It was sweet. There are no, there are no witnesses. Yeah, there are. You know what I beat John with? What? A turn three consecrated sphinx. John is like, uh, he's like, this yes. is terrible. He has to respect that. But he's like, but yeah, you, you know, he's just like, I love that card so much. Whose cube was it? Dano's cube. He wasn't there, but. So he's just like a medium power cube, right? Yeah, it was, it was good. I Black Lotus. I mean, I played, I played dance I mean, cube. I Black, Black Lotus consecrated sphinx had to play on turn three. I, I, uh, John, I, John had balanced me on turn three too. Balance, like that's good in cube. 
Like, so it's like the most mediocre restricted he card. He balanced time. me down to two cards and three lands, and the two cards I held were Black Lotus and Consecrated Snakes. So, so I, I was holding Black Lotus. So when I first started playing Cube, before I like, you know, started playing the red decks, like I, I was in this spot where my opponent had some sort of unbeatable threat set against me. Yeah. But I, I had a Gaia's Blessing. No, no, I had, I had a Kozilek, a Bloodbraid Elf. Uh, survival of fitness and a balance and the only way I could stay in this game was to keep losing my Bloodbraid Elf in combat surviving for the Kozilek shuffling the Kozilek back into my deck to get back my deck and then surviving for the Bloodbraid Elf Bloodbraid Elfing into the balance I did it for like and then it hitting him for three I did it for like seven straight turns and won the game it was so awesome was ba balance was the only card you could break Bloodbraid into? No, I had to get, get lucky. Like so, if, so if I didn't get it, like I had to like block with my Bloodbraid Elf, get it killed, survival for the Kozilek, Kozilek for the Bloodbraid Elf, Bloodbraid Elf for the. Isn't that not awesome? Like awesome. I've never in my life crystallized like finding the right plan so concisely as that. It was like I I all I, I think I won that draft, but I, whether I won the draft or not, like it was the first time I had any wink of sunlight in cube. It was like, I wasn't good, right? Like we used to all on the mailing list share our cube decks. Everyone would always make fun of mine. I'm like, do you even know how to what you're doing? I'm like, I didn't know what I was doing, right? Like I couldn't scrape together a Swiss match win. You know, like I was just trying to copy people's decks, and I, I didn't know how to do it. You, you know, you know, deck I did not beat. Hmm. Kadar's deck that had survival of the fittest. Yeah. That had uh, sneak attack. And that had recurring nightmares. So he was just playing Solmaka's deck. It was, it was just like so agonizing and slow. So like, I'm looking for. He just a ground and eventually, just like eventually, just like an, in, an unending string of sundering titans I, I'm, would, so I'm would destroy me. Looking for my fourth ensnaring bridge last night. I don't know why I have three ensnaring bridges together. Because obviously in a deck at one point. Yeah. Couldn't find a fourth, but I had find, found fourth one. But in the course of looking for it, I found three sneak attacks and three show and tells, which is like six hundred dollars. Right? Oh wow! Yeah, so I was just like, maybe I should just play a different deck. I'm sure if I looked hard enough, I could find a fourth of each. Like I, well, those are the expensive cards in the deck. I own all the different. And just the deck, in just the random cards I found lying in old deck box, like decks like I decks I had played. I found like a mint wasteland, a mint guy's cradle, a two mint shotgun the cradle. Meg, <laughs> two mint. No, I need um, the cradle. City of traders and uh, and an entomb. And like that's not even counting the show and tell and sneak attack I found. Like I, I, feel, like, I found four foil metamorphos. I was excited. I didn't have a job for a while, and that was the last time I organized my magic cards. Which was just like 2002. It was like during onslaught or odyssey. So like my magic cards are like so disarrayed. My cards are such a mess. But I should probably arrange them, right? Yeah. Like, I have like a really nice collection. Yeah. I own all the decks I want to play in standard. You should too. We have infinite credit. Yeah, I, I should. <laughs> I, I need to buy a bunch of bullions. Yeah, and that'd be for just for just my EDH decks. Like, um, so anyway. Uh, all right. So back to standard. Back to standard. So is is mono blue? Mono blue is still just like a beast. Right? Like you it just, seems like a great deck. You just have to deal with it, right? Like you have to be able to have a plan against it. It seems like if they just it was the dominant deck for like six months, dude. It's really I, I honestly like I've, I've played with mono black a fair amount. Yeah. And I've played some of the other like mid rangey decks, but I literally have never played the mono blue deck before, and it just seems like absurd. Um. It's a good. So the thing is, like the mono black deck is a defensive deck, and the mono blue deck is a proactive deck. So, you know, you're gonna. I'm, I'm generally very good at attacking decks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very. I, I helped Andre Coimbra test. For, oh, here comes the judge. 
Time to go. Back in? All right, All right, so it's time for round three. All right, let's go. Probably gonna fight you. No, don't say that. Round three, three is in the books. I'm 3-0 also. So uh, I played against Jund, which is a... a Jund, Jund Walkers? No, Jund? Jund Monsters. Okay. Which is, I mean, I play tested a lot against Jund Walkers. I, uh, loved, I love Jund Walkers. Yeah? I really do. I don't like it at all. I love it. I mean, it has Dirkwood Boars. Like, yeah. literal Dirkwood Boars. Is your dark Five mana time? four four. Now. <laughs> <laughs> like they play five mana four four, and then you're like, oh, okay, are we playing standard or what's the? Did you like bash them for no, eight? No, no, we're playing type two. Um, yeah, like I don't know. I really hate Nissa in that deck personally. Yeah, yeah. I like the I like the other version better, but yeah. Um, so so. I, I gotta tell you, dear listeners. Yeah. I looked over. Anyway, I play. I I I played this matchup a lot online. I, I looked over in the middle of game two. Yeah. And Michael J. Flores is facing down a pair of Corsair Crucifix. Well, no, no. First, you have to understand this. Like, I play. He plays. Uh, he's on the play because I won game one. So, like game one, I like had a two land hand. Yeah. And like. If you have a two-hand hand where you can cast your spells, they're dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's just like, like all Boros Charm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I played a second turn. Literally Boros Charm. Yeah, like, I literally played a second turn, Young Pyromancer, and he killed it. And I looked at my hand, I'm like, if he doesn't have Corsair Crucifix in the next two turns, he's dead. So, just to my hand. So, I was just like, you know, 4 you, 4 you, 6 you, 6 you, 8 you. And then, like, it's just like, wow. <laughs> um, and then, uh, uh, so, game two, so you can tell your story. So, game two. He's... Oh, no, he, he plays, sorry, I'll, I'll interrupt. Yeah. He goes first, and he goes second turn. Uh, uh, scavenging ooze, which can gain life, right? right. So, I could play uh, set or fire dancer this turn, but instead I just want—I just killed it. You killed it main phase. Your yeah, second I just main turn. phase lightning strike it, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. like my worst case scenario is I tap my two mana I for. I believe what you said was respect. Yeah, I said respect. So I could play set or fire dancer, and like it's awful if he goes to like abrupt decay, eat your guy, and it, now it's a three-three, and yeah, yeah, yeah. he's gained a life, right? So it's much better to just respect it, right? Right. So now you can tell your story. So, so then he's the next turn. The guy's like Corsair Crucifix. Revealing. Corsair So I know that he's like, oh, he's revealing Corsair Crucifix. He says he's definitely going to play this Corsair Crucifix. Like, he has the most powerful card against me, right? Yeah. But I would, I know what's in my hand, right? Yeah. So, so Mike plays Seder Fire Dance. And then Temple to yeah. make sure that I'll hit my fourth land. <laughs> and then uh, then he, of course, draws and plays Corsair Crucifix because why would it? This is like the most powerful play that he possibly right. has against me, right? right? And then plays a land and gains two life, right? Which is, he's just... Got to be on oh, cloud nine, God, right? This was so disgusting. So I take the land that I just make sure I had, <laughs> and I'm just like second Seder Fire Dancer, and I have two mana open, and I have my choice of Boros Charm, Boros Charm, Stoke or Stoke. That's my hand at this point. <laughs> so I chose to Stoke. So make the play. You you Stoked instead of so you you could have Boros Charmed right. and attacked for a while. That's correct. Why 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 tap two of your guys and Stoke there? Because I, on a future turn I can hit for eight. That was the, the reason why, right? How, how, how does that work? I have two Boros Charms, so yeah. I have four lands. Oh, so in other words, yeah. you have the idea that you can deploy both of them on the same In the same turn, turn yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Makes sense. So what I wanted I to do is get that, the yeah. expensive cards out of my hand as quickly as possible because, right. because in case he has uh, Rectos' return, right? So if I just, like, if I just, if I just play, like, Seraphite Answer and then Boros Charm him, I get a one-turn attack here. But like I've, but I've now stranded a four, two four mana spells in my hand right. instead of two two mana spells. Versus the next turn he played like a uh, a Gorkland Rampager, right? And then I just like did this. Uh, actually, played a drew and played a, a Chandra's Phoenix with one mana open. Tapped all three to stoke him and kill the kill the the Gorkland Rampager. 
Right. Luckily, he didn't play Mizium Mortars the next turn. I was in, now I can play both of my Boros Charms for eight the next yeah. turn, right? Which is the situation I was in. If, if, I, if I make the opposite play, I get one point in. But if he has Rectos, it's so much worse for me if he has Rectos' return. Like, what if he has Rectos' return the next turn? I can actually just cast both my Boros Charms. Right, right. Um, it's a... Uh, it's, uh, that's why I'm... It, uh, I thought about it a lot. You know, it's, yeah, a, yeah. It's, it's not a super easy play, but... Um, so you, you, you give up one point of damage yeah. versus the ability to just eight him next yeah. turn. Yeah, and then I give up substantial damage the next turn because I didn't attack with my Chandra's Phoenix, right. but... You could eight him next turn and kill four Boxing Spiders. Yeah. Um... This deck is unbelievably good. Like yeah, I just, it is really good. I don't know why it's not popular. People all play like the Black Devotion deck, which is like the best matchup for this deck. People think that red decks are for little kids. Like you know that it's always been the case. No one. There's always. Has there ever been a point where there've been multiple points where red decks were the best deck? Yeah. How many? At how many of those points was red the most played deck? In Very, 1998. Okay. Height of Dave Price's popularity. Okay. Post-2000. Oh, well, never. Post-2000. Even when it's been the best deck, it's never been the most I mean, played there deck. there was a time... Despite the fact that it's a cheap deck to build, generally. Or, or relatively inexpensive deck to build. And fairly straightforward in in terms of, of how it plays. So, I, I would argue... I think On this, the surface. I feel like this must be probably the most difficult deck to play in standard. I, I, There's so many triggered abilities. Right? Sure. Like... Like, it, in my deck, I have Blind Obedience, Seder Fire Dancer, Young Pyromancer, and Chandra's Phoenix are all triggered. Like, half the deck almost yeah, is triggered I abilities. Can, I barely remembered it up to level up my my Cloud can I mean, even, like, non-intuitive things like Searing Blood, Seder Fire Dancer is, like, that's, like, a, you know, small next order. Right, right, right. Next order interaction. Um, you know, I know, the cards are powerful, I feel like. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 very, it's, it's clearly a super powerful deck. Obviously, it takes advantage of the wide range of burn spells available across and there's two blocks and two core sets. I mean, this deck plays Boros Charm, Stoke the Flames, and Warleader's Helix. It's so many me, deal fours. Let me ask you a question. Yeah? So you, you've read everything about the new standard rotations. Yeah, the double standard, yeah. basically. Well, well, like the idea that, you know... It's, it's like two, two macro blocks, basically, right? Per Right. And then standard is going and to... And no corset now. No corset. And then standard is going to rotate um, every 18 months, basically. So it's like a, it's like, it's like overlapping standards, right? Right. Versus, versus like discrete, this is the year break. Right. So, but I wonder, with, a, with we never get that like crazy max card pool with the two one we have right now, like double right corset, now. six like, sets. Is, is this the last... Hurrah for a red deck in standard. No. No? Come on. Like, I feel like the red deck is at its best when there's, like, two different lightning strikes and a searing blood and a... Well, you know I what I mean? mean? Like, like when there's, like, all sorts of stuff across. You know, there's there's a, there's a red spell, and then there's a functionally reprinted red spell in the next core set, I mean, and there's... Like for, this is a burn deck, right? But yeah. if you had just given me Theros... M4 is it were we on M15 now we're in M15 you just gave me Theros and M14 and Return to Ravnica I could have made a very workable red deck right, right? Okay. I right. played this I'm that's what I played I like, I like the red decks I want them to do that's what I played at the end of last year right yeah. so the deck I played was just a different deck I had like Stormbirth Dragon main deck instead of sideboard Chandra main deck uh, I, I mean I still played 25 lands but I played more temples right. uh, and I mean I didn't I didn't play Young Pyromancer probably should have it's fantastic right. Seder Fighter Dancer hadn't been printed yet. Serum Blood hadn't been printed yet. But the deck 
had more than 75 cards you could play, right? Right, right. <clears throat> There's like more than workable mana. Seder Fire, I mean, to me, honestly, out of the sideboard, Seder Fire Dance just seems like such an essential card because, like, it lets you deal with... It lets, you, it lets you deal with creatures that are way out, way above your pay grade. Do you know what I mean? I mean, when I was playing against the Mono Blue Devotion deck, like... like the ability to turn Boros Charm... Yeah. ...into, like, the best Searing Blood ever... This deck is... I just... I'm really, really happy with this deck. I, my goal is not to, like... I mean, obviously, my goal is to win every match that I play, but, like, yeah. my realistic goal is just to make sure that I hit all my triggered abilities. Right, know, and, and know your deck inside out, right? And, that's what, and then hitting your triggers comes from repetitions, too. I mean, I played a lot. Right, yeah. that's the... I'm really happy with my preparation for this one. And not... So it's weird. I was talking to, you know, Matt and T. Sully, which are the patrons of my decks, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I can't lose a match in Standard on Moto. I can't win a match in Legacy. So... But Legacy Online is yeah, like, such a weird idea. The same five dudes play, right? So if you're trying to... So my strategy using playing standard is like, I'll pick the deck I want to play, and I will grind Q after Q after Q, make the micro adjustments, etc. But if you're only playing against a small number of guys and they have a huge matchup advantage against you, you can't learn anything. Right. Right? So like, how many times do I have to play against somebody who knows... Before I played my land, he knows what deck I am, right? Right. So he goes to like, first turn, like, Lotus Petal, land, Entomb, uh... And two Iona, Lotus Petal, reanimate Iona Red. That's his first turn play. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, like, uh, I know we played twice today. Like, you can't learn anything when. Yeah, now, are you. <coughs> yeah, you, you earlier in the podcast, which you may or may not. I don't remember what we cut and not, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you talked about the idea, like, oh, you're like, I have some other cards. I could play, like, other decks in Legacy. Are you playing red in Legacy because you think it's the best deck? Well, no, or are you so playing red in Legacy because it's something reasonable for you to build and prepare with? Kind of three things. Okay. One of them is, no matter what deck I play in Legacy, I, was, I tend to beat the fair decks, and I always lose the combo decks. Whether I'm playing a control deck, whether I'm playing a combo deck myself, whether I'm, whether I'm playing whatever, I just always end up losing close matches to the combo decks. Like, uh, last, last Legacy tournament I played in... Um, Chris Pakula and Josh Rivers just handed me a Rug Delver deck. I won something like seven Rug Delver Mirrors, having never played the deck before. And I lost to, like, an Elves deck because I didn't have the right cards. And I lost to an Omnitel deck because I had a Dismember in my opening, my, in my hand, which is in the main deck of Chris's deck. And I was just like, I don't think I would play this card if I had any experience with the deck. He's like, well, it kills Tarmogoyf. I would, I would have found another solution to that because I, I literally... All, I didn't even need to deal damage with the spell. I just needed to get a card in my graveyard for... For Tarmogoyf, and I would have won a tight one against the Omnitel deck. So, anyway, what ultimately happens for me is um, I tend to lose to the combo decks, and I tend to beat the fair decks. So, if that's what so that's what's going to happen, regardless of what kind of deck I'm going to play, I want to play the deck that has the highest likelihood of beating the fair decks. Right. And that's a deck with four price of progress. <laughs> I mean, that's um, it's a pretty reasonable reason to want to play a deck. I mean, like every time I have the luck of playing against like. Rug Delver or American Delver, you know, true name nemesis deck or whatever, on Moto, I just easily 2-0 it, you know, right. like, and, you know, Stoneblade, whatever, whatever deck, right. and, and, you know, it's not like I automatically lose to, um, combo decks, I'll probably win, like, a game that I go first, like, 16% of the time automatically, right, like, what if I just, like, have a second turn Eidolon and they don't have a Force of Will? I probably already won, right? They can't. How many spells do they need to cast to win the game? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, if they cast five spells, they're dead. Yeah, like, I can deal easily, like, like six can, or ten damage. They can... Oh, they can't even, right? No. I was say, they can't even tendrils you. Well, they like, can, but they... They can do a soft tendrils. Get, 
But if you're if you're gonna plan if your plan is to tendrils me for twenty, you need to kill yourself before the tendrils gets there. Right, your storm can you gain enough life off of the tendrils and then no, throw you're back dead the tendrils? first. I mean, let's assume I let's assume I sit there and let you like cast all your spells so you cast the tendrils. Are you just praying I don't have a lightning bolt? Like, yeah. All right, fair enough. So that's, that's praying a, to perforate. So one part of me is I just think that I'll, your tournament report name. Praying for perforate. Praying to perforate. Um, is that I? I think I have a good. No, ex- you're not playing. In either deck. Yeah. Well, I wanted to play eight idol on the Great Revel, and it turns out I'm not playing any idol on the Great Revel in standard. Um, Why? Uh, so we had this discussion about Matt Cyborg before, and like how, like, oh, if I had actually done the practice I said, I would have made sure he would have had these cards in his Cyborg. It's actually not that I. It's not that good against Blue White. They don't have that many super cheap cards that they need to cast. Right. You're losing to the cards that cost six, yeah. not the cards that cost two. You're, you're losing to sixes rather than yeah. five. So my act, my actual strategy I switched to was to go with. Chandra's and Stormbrats, if we're going to play this game around fives and sixes... Let me ask you a question. If, if Matt beats... Flocky, he wins Flocky. the Pro Tour. He wins the Pro Tour. I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, Matt's against Owen in the next round, right? I mean, player for player, I have to pick Owen, but I think Matt is a good matchup. I think it's a good matchup, too. But... It's not like an overwhelmingly good matchup against Black-Blue Devotion. Like, if, if Owen's on Black-Blue Devotion, I mean, Matt probably just beats him on matchup. Like, that, that's just cake. Like, all you have to do is make sure that you have a skull crack for, for their second Great Merchant of Asphodel. They can't even beat you. It's so, it's like, it's not difficult. But, like, I mean, Devour Flesh against Young Pyromancer? Come on. Like, this is just not a, none of their cards do anything. Like, a, like they need to have, like, a weird set of things happen. I mean, Black-White Devotion has uh, Blood Baron of Viscopa. He didn't have Whip of Erebos, did he? But he did have Obsidat. Like, there's some good life gain there, but... I mean, how the hell do you beat Young Pyromancer Stoke? <laughs> and Stoke kills... The thing, the thing that really put the deck... I mean, just in terms of proactive power of the deck, Stoke is better than Warleader's Helix because it kills Blood Baron. Your deck yeah. doesn't really need the life except against all the red decks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, killing their Blood Baron's insane. Can you... Can you uh, will Fire Dancer Warleader's yes. Helix kill? Yeah. Your Helix face, but the damage is coming from a red guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not siding in Take it. Fire Dancer against a deck full of mono, <laughs> mono creature removal. Just <clears throat> I would, against that deck, I would probably side in Blind Obedience, though. That card seems sweet. Yeah. Again, we're talking about it. I'm, I'm really happy with my sideboard. Yeah. Uh, I, I, get to, I get to play against, uh, like, mono red, like, rabble red this round. That seems like a very good matchup. For you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as long as you draw... Devotion cards. I mean, you actually have eight insane cards against them. Frostborn Weird being one of them. Well, I was thinking like Tidebinder Mage and and Master of Waves are both unbelievable Frost- against them, right? I mean, Frostborn Weird made him like wilt in his seat. <laughs> I mean, he's just sending Rabble Master tokens to their death, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Frostborn Weird, so good. And you dispelled his uh, elec- his electricity. Yeah, I didn't know what to bring in. Like, I knew he. I we watched them. We we've been talking to those guys yeah. right now. I knew he had a lot of like. Um, Spells in his sideboard. Yeah. Like, you know, he's very creaturey, and then he went to a more spelly version of game too. So I was just like, and in fact, he was talking about bringing in all the trickery to kill something. I mean, your ones, I guess. I guess, yeah. And so I was just like, oh, all right, I'll bring in, two, I brought in two dispels. I didn't, I like signed out Biden's. Really? They seemed, seemed really slow, and figured maybe he's killing my guys. So I don't know. The thing that's funny to me is, you know, like, Biden was awesome, though, for me. The good SCG grinders, like, uh, Tom the Boss Ross, Brad Nelson, Todd Anderson. These guys are all just talking about playing like, you know, red beatdown decks, like rabble red decks. Like, it's so great. 
and Matt's just like every time somebody plays a first turn Foundry Street Denizen, you just yeah. start salivating. It's yeah. such an easy matchup. My, my opponent had like two Foundry Street Denizens yeah. in his opening hand for game two, and it just felt like, like their, their felt, deck is removal poor. It felt a little mulligany. And like, I mean, you just go like, so you take a little damage, and you're like young pyromancer with a shock in your hand. Yeah. Like it's. By the way, just in case you didn't know from the last year, Foss is insane. Yeah. There are draws with Mono Blue Devotion you just, you just you can't beat. We were talking about Fossa during the, during the preview pod. You know, Who even cares if it ever comes online yeah, is what I said. <laughs> well, we did. We were like, you know, it's just like obviously just a, a powerful card. When I was also like, I 100% chance Reduke plays this at the next Pro Tour, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Good luck the rest of the world. Oh, wait, what happened? Reduke played at the next Pro Tour and he was the number one player for like, you know, as many tournaments right. as he could play Fossa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although he, he betrayed himself and played Black Devotion this time. Or yeah. actually, Black White Midrange, not right. Black Devotion. I mean, the decks are so similar. What makes a black-white deck a mid-range deck and black devotion deck a control I, I deck? I guess the, the idea that you don't have the devotion pieces and you're playing things like Obsidat or you're playing like five drops. I mean, I feel like Elsbeth is a more controllish card than most of the cards in the black, black, mono black, or black blue versions. I actually like the black blue version more than the black green version. I don't know about you. The black blue version? Yeah, the one that has like a. I mean, the one that was the one in Moto tournament a few months ago has. Ashiok and then Notion Thief out of the sideboard. Sure. So like your opponent's Sphinx's Revs or like Cast Divination, you're like Notion Thief. I mean like, can you come back from that? Opposing deck has Duress and Thoughtseize. I mean, it's kind of disgusting. So, Why did he leave my Sphinx's Revelation? I <laughs> <laughs> don't understand. Um, so, I mean, I respect Blue-White, but uh, anyway, for me, the, the reason I play was a you know a three three reasons I said one of them is the fair deck unfair deck thing. The second thing is this is kind of a tongue in cheek thing. I read this article by Paulo Vitor Dama de Rosa a few months ago. So we're, we're almost certainly playing in the finals, right? Yeah, we're both undefeated. That's yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't think, I don't know how many people there are. Could okay. have been more. There might have been more. Maybe than we don't 16. play against each other. If there's sixteen people we play each other. If there's more. Well, than if we 16. play against each other, we just draw and go home, right? Or finish the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a. I'm happy to take that. Yeah. <clears throat> Draw tournament victory. So, um, <laughs> said the guy playing against the eight insane cards against him. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I played against your deck round two, and it didn't seem to have very many answers to, to Satterfire to answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we could spend the hour if you want. I mean, <laughs> we're old men. <laughs> I'd rather not. So, um, uh, the second one is I read this article by Paul Vitor Dama de Rosa and I think that it's the opposite of what Paulo is probably actually trying to get at he's talking about how like cards that he likes to play are very nuanced and cards like Lava Spike only do one thing and you literally can't screw them up because you can only play them one way and it's just like wow if you have this deck of like or you have a format slash a deck where everything is about similar power right so a guy like Caleb Gerwood will say Lightning Bolt is the best red card ever printed. And in fact, it's one of the best cards in Legacy. Well, my deck has 20 copies of that card, right? And many of them, I can't screw up. I just cast it. I cast it on my own turn. I can't sequence it wrong. It's not even possible for me to sequence this card wrong. I can't respond to anything. Right. It just goes through the head. Oh, did you, do you need Rift Bolts? Uh, I bought them. Okay. But I found them anyway. Okay. They're in Bella's Red Deck. <laughs> I was like, how do I not own this one? And so I posted a picture of Bella's Red Deck, and Matt made fun of me because there's no Lightning Bolts in Bella's Red Deck. There's Shocks and Rift Bolts instead. But I, I only own four. I don't understand my collection. I own four Lightning Bolts, four Rift Bolts, and four Flame Rifts, but like a hundred Goblin Lackeys. I mean, which obviously we'd rather have more Goblin Lackeys than yeah. Lightning Bolts, right? They're $10, $12, right? And then like 
ungodly numbers of Force of Wills, Wasteland. I mean, when Wasteland was out, I'm like, I didn't know that Magic cards would eventually get to be as expensive as they are, but I'm like, oh, this seems like a card I would want to own many copies of. Sure. Gaius Cradle and Force of Wills. I got the weirdest collection. How do I own four lightning bolts? They're M M11 lightning bolts. You know, what, you know what happened is you, you proxied on your bolts. I or, probably did. Or you did something on your bolt, and then <coughs> the new stand, you're like, damn it, here's a dollar. I need four lightning yeah, bolts yeah. before some tournament. And that's why you have exactly four. Yeah. No, no, I remember. I bought them at Alex's store for like a dollar each Ooh, to, play, to play in states or something. I did not own any. I just don't know how you don't own lightning bolts. But I, yeah, owning four flame rifts is weird, right? Yeah. And four, four, exactly four rift bolts, which I put in Bella's deck. I guess I assumed I owned more than four. Right, right, right. Which I, I think I must have just like, I probably went through some lean years where I was just like, I only, only, only want to own four of each card, and sure. like, you know, I only own four Stormbreath Dragons. That's not like a weird card to own yeah. four of, right? No. I own no Mono Blue Devotion cards. Like, I've never played Mono Blue Devotion, so I don't own any it's tosses. Really good. I like it. So. So the third and most important reason, maybe, oh, yeah. is. Um, you know, as a, lot, as a lot of listeners know, and, you know, we talked about when Marshall was on the podcast and so forth, I became kind of a specialist in a certain kind of draft strategy, and I was just like, this is a mathematical outlier. I mean, the last cube, I played four cubes, I won two of them, and I, and I lost in the finals of the other two. So, <clears throat> um, not as good as our usual corner. You can't see the eye, eye shapes he's making. Yeah, she's, she's pretty. Um, oh, she's with those gamers. Well, that's different. <laughs> play, playing in a different swimming pool. I don't think it's different. Okay, anyway. Um, uh, I think the judge is coming. But, uh, so, yeah, he's, not, he's making a so He's the, calling us. So the question I had, I was like, this is really weird. Like, I went through one where I think I won like, I think I won like seven consecutive drafts or something, like a large number. I played only in four this last time, and I won two, and I lost yeah, in the finals. Yeah, cube drafts. Lost in the finals, and I said, so like, who's the foremost red player in the world, who happens to be a good friend of mine? And I'm like, uh, do, you, do you think this is a transferable skill? You, you think this being Patrick, Patrick Solomon? Patrick Solomon, yeah. Okay. I'm like, do you think this is a transferable skill? I mean, it, like, you're friends with Paul Rietzel, and you're also friends with now Matt Sperling, yeah. who's thrown his hat in the ring. <laughs> As a red player. I mean, I, I, I think that, I mean, like and, I said, I talked to both of them this week. And, of course, the person who does not hold his foundry sacred, Adrian Sullivan. So, I'm calling, for the purpose of my story, I agree with Patrick you. Sullivan. I agree with you. I think he's the foremost red theorist, anyway. He's the only person who takes it seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, absolutely, this is a, tra a transferable I've skill. I've watched him win on winnable games. And he says to me, literally, he's like, you're obviously good at this, and you've never tried. Right? Like, every time there's, like, a big format you can play in, you're always playing some kind of, like, pernicious deeds. Interesting. Right? Like, it's like you're always doing something clever or whatever. And he's just like, what, what have you ever finished the best with? And, like, Sam, like, Goblin Guides and Price Progress. And he's like, we're sitting there next to each other in a tournament. I said, I said, you don't want to be in a situation where you have to break for, you look at your hand, and you can cast a guide or a spell pierce, so you don't know which land to get. And I'm like... I, and what did you do? I got I got the volcanic island, and then he wastelanded you, right? It's like that doesn't happen to my deck, right? Like so, I don't get to pierce him, but you know if I win the flip, you know literally you win 16% of the time going first. Your opponent will never win. Right. There's a large number of games that you win outside of that 16%. It's like literally free, right? Like 40% of the time you have an idol on, you're on the play. You know another 50% of the time you play it, and they didn't have a daze. Okay, <laughs> like you just won. <laughs> it's over. Right? There's no plays they can make, right? They will do so much damage to themselves trying to get out of this. 
And you're just like, oh, well, I had my, I had my dork dork lava spike lightning bolt, so that's right. six, you know? Oh, did you break land on the way? <laughs> you did, it's legacy. He literally says to me, you've never even tried. Right. I remember- so You're getting attacked on the deck selection front on multiple, well, I don't from know multiple angles. I don't know if you remember, there was uh, the year that Tsuyoshi Fujita came in ninth at, at Pro Tour Columbus, yes. right? When did I, he come in eighth? Ninth. Fujita? Fujita came in ninth. No, 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 no. Tsuyoshi Fujita? Yeah. Oh, he was top eight. No, Ibamoto stacked him oh. and he came in ninth. Chewie came in second. Oh, okay. Fujita came in ninth. Like, I worked so hard on red deck wins. What did I do? I ended up playing rock decks all, like, entire second half of the season, you know? I played it in a Grand Prix, right? So Josh and I played seven, same 75, and that's when Josh got on the, the gravy train, actually. We made top 16 of that one, but that's the only time, and that was 10 years ago. That was, that was the 12-fetchland, 10 mountains deck? Uh, 8 mountains, 12-fetchland. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing 12-fetchlands, 9 mountains this week. Okay. No wastelands. So, so it's a, a true Fujita special. Oh yeah. I mean, we actually discussed not playing any fetchlands. How many flame tokens? None. So, literally, we're like, maybe we don't play, don't play fetchlands at all. So if you don't play fetchlands at all, then you can't play Grim. I mean, Grim Lava Master gets a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. And Searing Blaze gets a lot worse. But your deck gets way better against Delver. That's the thing, right? right. You don't get stifled now. But I, I think that the payoff on. Searing, I mean, I'm playing four Searing Blaze main and three Grim Lob. Like, my burn deck is different from the other, other ones people played. Uh, it's, and by mine, I mean it's Patrick's. He told me last night to change my deck. So I'm playing Grim Lob of Mancer main. So nobody has Grim Lob of Mancer, Eidolon, and Goblin Guide main right now. And a lot of people aren't playing Grim Lob of Mancer at all because they're playing Mountain instead of Sacklands because it's so much better against Delver. Right. But he's like, so I think I'm playing four. What percentage of the field is Delver? I played it like six or seven times last tournament. And I, I'm very confident in my ability to beat a Zelda deck. Okay. Um, I have a curse scroll with an activation cost two. So there's one curse scroll on my sideboard. Has activation cost two? It's Japanese. That doesn't work. You think I can get away? No. Well, I wanted to play curse scroll, right? So in case I in case I get Ionid, right? So it's possible I'm playing this my animator and they Iona me, but then I but have. But you have them at five. No, but I have, but I but I can get, I can get, Ensnaring Bridge into play sometime before I'm dead. They can't remove it from play, right. right? Like, their deck is predicated on getting, like, a second turn 9-9 and killing you with two or three right, hits, right. right? So it's just there, and I'm just like, all Except right. Except that you can't play your red card. How do you get rid of your red cards? Their guys are too big. They can't attack. If I have, like, five or six cards in hand, they can't attack me. Okay. Right? So I could just, like, wail on them for two sometimes. Sure. That's literally it. Eventually, they're... I have inevitability in this situation. Sure. I'm just saying there, Iona like strands a bunch of red cards. Yeah, but they, it's still too big. How big is Iona? <laughs> seven, seven, something. Whatever it is, you can get like lands and artifacts and Sure, sure. So, I mean, yeah, for, this is not a good situation to be in. <laughs> I just wanted an out. Okay. Sure, sure. No, it's an out. That makes sense. I like that. So, and there's things like if your opponent has to like, I won some interesting games. Like my opponents start, all my freaking opponents on Moto all start out with Leyland of Sanctity in play. Like that doesn't happen in the real world. It's the same five guys that all of Leyland of Sanctity. I play this guy and he's just like. It's all John Schuler trolling you. It probably is. He's just like Mox, Lotus Petal, Ancient Tomb, Glow Rider. I mean, like you have all these cards and you're playing Glow Rider. It's Thassa, but like not legendary and it costs three. This is, not Fasa, uh, Talia. Oh, okay. So he's playing a deck of like Talia, Glow Rider, <laughs> Double Lands, Mox, Lotus Petal. I mean, like, I just don't understand. Calling up, calling up for an invitational invite. I know what I'm playing. 
I mean, you combine that with Leyland of Sanctity, I'm really boned. It's a, yep. All right. So, all right. Here's the final fight. All right. Uh, let's see what happens. Do I have to sing a song now that I lost you in the finals? Uh, no. I mean, so I mean, game one could have either gone, gone either way. Uh, Brian was in a super commanding position with uh, a huge master of waves, which he attacked with. I, I actually, we, we both made mistakes. Yeah, I mean, on that turn. Um, but I let you take Brian, Brian, back. let me take my mistake back. Well, I mean, like my mistake ultimately. Yeah, no, I my, would have had one spare life. I would have still won in yeah, the same yeah, situation. So, but, yeah. but Brian's mistake. I, um, I attacked a master of waves into a meat of all. Well, didn't. it was so it was more complicated than that, right? So you played a Hall of Triumph, which I'd never played against before. Right, right. Uh, but I had a young pyromancer, and then so. But Brian's in a commanding position with a bunch of like three tokens, right. master of waves, and he he was on the play, so he'd actually beaten me up a bit. And I've done pretty much nothing but cast a young pyromancer to this point. Yeah. So he attacks. I have four lands in play, <clears throat> including a Muta Vault. So I uh, cast Boros Charm for make my guys indestructible, make a token which gains, with to the token triggers before the indestructible triggers. Right. So I have an indestructible token, activate my Muta Vault, and then Muta Vault blocks, uh, Muta Vault blocks uh, Master of Waves, and my tokens and uh, young pyromancer block uh, the the right. tokens. I take Brian's flyers. Well, one of my Brian's flyers, and then stoke. And I have enough guys to stoke Brian's other flyer, which yeah. is which is an absurd turn. So I'm I'm only on like six or something, but right, I've right. killed like five or six creatures yeah, just, like, with was, just two cards. Yeah. Uh, and then um, and then I just have like what a Boros Charm, Skull Crack, uh, War Leader's Helix left. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And, <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I think if Brian just doesn't attack with the if I, yeah, if I the master on that turn, yeah, I think I, I think I can get that one. Uh, it was super close, right? Then game two. Game two was also really close. Um, yeah, we were just like slugfest, though, like hitting yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so I was like swinging with Young Pyromancer in game two. <laughs> Literally, like turn two Young Pyromancer, turn three Chandra, attack for four. I, I guess I could argue that I probably I may have maybe there were a couple Frostborn weird attacks in there. Maybe I should you should have, have pumped? No, I should have just left him back. Yeah, so you went first turn Clavian Raptor, second turn Frostburn Weird. Weird. I go second turn Young Pyromancer. You swing Thassa. I, well, I, go, I go third, right, yeah. Yeah, swing. you go swing Thassa. So I go Chandra's Phoenix, swing back for four. You go Night Veil vale Spectre, activate, swing with like a, a bunch of stuff. I go Shock Face, right? Yeah, yeah. To make a token so that I can convoke stoke your Night Veil Spectre attack with my two two X's, yeah, right? It was, it was just like a slugfest. Yeah, I had another Night Veil Spectre. I think you had another stoke. No, I, no, I, you had I War Leader's Helix, Helix for the which second Which was one. even worse, because yeah. I, I had enough guys. If you didn't have Helix, if that had been stoke, yeah. I actually had enough guys to turn Tasa on next turn and just kill you yeah. at six. But I gained I four. I, I didn't have enough. If I had, like, a sixth mana, I think I could just kill you anyway, even at ten. Well, you can make... Making Thassa unblockable, right, is right. a... But, but but when I kill Night Vale Spectre, then you lose devotion, right? Right, but then I had three. I oh, had you guys could re I could play. Yeah, yeah, I could redevote it. But it was really just at a... six. I could have just yeah. At six, I could have gotten. But then it was a stoke. I'm like, yes, all right. I think I can still win through a stoke and a helix. I'm like, no. So Brian and I are, of course, the only three O's in the tournament. We're like, can we just go home? And like, <laughs> like, but I guess there's pretty substantial prizes, right? Yeah. So we each got to play Matt in seven packs. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. They're like, no, you have to play. And he's like, just play one game. He, 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 I mean, he would have let us just drop. Yeah. So yeah. we're like, 
I mean, if we're gonna might as well play the second game, yeah. right? But it's just we're like what a I, lot of people there who kind of also wanted to see us play. So. Yeah. So, but that was super fun. I've never played. I haven't played in a small tour tournament over ten right. years. I think. Yeah, yeah. That so. was a good crowd. Like, yeah. Everyone there was awesome. Those those two guys, Nick and jo uh, Nick and John, were yeah. really helpful. And all, uh, all my super well run friendly. tournament. Yeah. You know, like. Uh, you know, four-round tournament. We were out by 10. Yeah. 10 on the dot or something. Yeah. Started a little after 7, a little after advertised time. Yeah, like, really, everyone's on the ball in their, in their seats. The guys are nice and friendly. I liked it. Yeah. It was a great, great, great experience. I'm I, great I, idea to do this cast. Yeah. We, we, we will do this again. Yeah, we could do a draft cast next week, maybe. Yeah. I mean, at the point we're doing draft cast, we might as well just go to John's and queue. <laughs> it was like, oh, I drafted the bread deck again. <laughs> So anyway, to, to go back to what we were saying last round, you know, so I said to Peace Sully, you know, I, I'm winning like a huge percentage of these drafts, you know, my game percentage in cube is like 85%. And that's insane. That insane. Right? So, and I just always repetitively draft the same deck, which is, you know, people get after me for. But I mean, what am I supposed to do? Not win? Right. <laughs> right? Like, like, so. Well, it depends. It depends <clears throat> on what you're. I mean, I drafted in powered cube and my, my right. root percentage is the same. I'm saying it depends on what your goals are. Like, not everyone's goal in cube. Like, there, there, there's a certain... You're, you, you are, to some extent, playing the role of fun police when you're drafting the red deck right, in so. cube. I'm not saying that that's wrong, but that's what you're doing, right? Like, you're the guy that someone's like, oh, man, I drafted this sweet deck. And then you're like... Uh, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that you. I'm the fun police when somebody else can go, like, you know, Lotus Mono Vault Mind Twist, which happens also. Right. Okay. Over under on Josh Rabbit's here. Uh, he's not here yet. No, that, that they were on the plane. Yeah, I know. I know what you meant. Um, so. Wait, where do you need, yeah, we need to go over, right? I don't know. Is there coffee bars open? We could have gotten coffee at the. We could have gotten coffee at the, at the store. So I think I'm gonna play that playmat this weekend. Yeah. It's my it's my oh, lucky playmat. It's my championship trophy. You notice I didn't give you your 20 sided die back. I know. That's I a, know. that's my that's my. I do know. <laughs> Fortunately, I stole that twenty-sided die from someone else. Oh, all right, yeah, great, it. great. It was probably up somebody's all, butt. All my, all my dice are booty. Yeah. All my dice are stolen. Stolen. Yeah. So, um, but in that game, I went stole EDT's dice. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember which game it was. I ran out of he Mike Flores tokens because I had like two yeah, more. Yeah, it was insane. I had so many tokens. I ran out of Mike Flores tokens. So, um, the uh, it was great. I'm re I'm super psyched. Like my, I played against all real decks, and yeah. my deck performed great. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I was your worst matchup, allegedly. Yeah, and I won that one too. Yeah. Well. So, um, I mean, like, if you don't attack with the master, you know, I think that yeah. it's a completely different game. Because yeah, I gained yeah. so much time from not having to deal with the tokens, the tokens and the master. Right. The tokens also trouble keeping you. Yeah, it's... The, the tokens are all three twos. Yeah. Because of, of the hall. Yeah. Like, if you don't attack with the master, I don't even kill the tokens, right? I have right. to block completely differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And take, like, six damage. Yeah, no, yeah. I screwed up. Um, no, we could have gone to game three. Like, who knows what happened? You know, I probably would have won game two still. Because I'm on the play then, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. But I can't. Second turn. Second turn, Young Pyromancer, third turn, John and Phoenix attack. <laughs> send four. I signed in domestication against you. You should. I did. Like, that's what I said to the guy who I played against. I signed in domestication, and I, well, I already had three. I left the three rapid hybridizations. Well, I, if, you, if you let the Seder go off, no, you're no, dead. No, no, the Seder can't let like, <laughs> So... But I, like, I don't have enough ways to answer Pyromancer and Seder. So? I actually kind of hate Tidebinder Mage against you. Why? It's wow. awesome against Chandra's Phoenix. Yeah. 
right? Like against Ch the card Chandra's Phoenix, at least it's really strong. Right, right. And it takes out like the the two oneness of Young Pyromancer, at least. Sure. That guy, that guy did like six damage in combat. Well, too. I mean, it just. I mean, it just dies. Like, I mean, it, it's really like. I guess you just get spoiled about how good it is against like a core surf fix or something like that. Oh you know? yeah, I mean like. Where it's just like, oh look, your guy just. Oh, did you play a turn? Did you play a turn one Elvish Mystic? How cute. Yeah. I hope you aren't counting on that. Like, seriously, shock face Stoke. <laughs> did they play test Stoke? I don't know. I, I mean, like Stoke is not built to be in the format with Young Pyromancer. Right, like. I mean, Shock Stoke Young Pyromancer is an insane three-card combo, right? Yeah, yeah. Shock is just like a cycling card. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous. But I mean, the, how many games did I have double, double Seder Fire Dancer out against decks with no creature removal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. They probably should have had some creature removal. Well, I mean, when I played against the Jun deck, I had two Seder Fire Dancers out. And he had the ability to deal with them. He actually killed them with Golgari Charm, but only after I had killed, like... Two Coursers. Yeah. Well, uh, two Coursers and a, and a Gorkland Rampager. Right. He oh, was, God. I mean, what's he going to do? Not play it, right? Like, right, right. What are the chances Mike has a four to the face? Yeah. <laughs> actually, eight, a two is enough. A shock have, is enough. You have 12 fours to the face, right? Yeah. Stoke, War Leader, Helix, and Boros Charm. Boros Charm is insane in this deck. Yeah. I used I used uh, Indestructible twice today. Um, just in combats. Yeah. It's it uh, it's pretty cool. That's the other thing. Like, even even like I'm, so so attacking with the uh, with what you call it Master Wave. Master Wave becomes a lot worse when once you have Indestructible. Like if you don't make your guys Indestructible there. Which way do you want to go? Uh, I'm going right over here to the A or the E. You go to the A or the E? I can walk here 14th. Yeah, let's go that way. Okay. You want to get meatballs? I'm not actually hungry for meatballs. I can get coffee, though. Oh, it's 10 p.m. Do you think none of the coffee bars are probably open? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. So, listeners, two things, please. One, go to our new Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash top eight magic. Oh yeah. And like it. So I didn't even realize we had an old Facebook page, but it has like a janky address. Really? Yeah. We have like, it's called fans of top eight magic. Ew, that's gross. And we haven't updated it since like 2006 though. Oh wow. But like it has like pictures of me with like hair coming out of my nose from the mock potational. Have you seen this comic store? There's a comic store here. For real? Yeah, I mean, that's what it looks like, right? Yeah, I guess so. I didn't know there was one. It's underneath a sandwich shop. I walk by here all the time. There's a comic store on 14th Street. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, you, know, you, know, you know what we really need in Manhattan? What? Single sales. Single sales. We need some place to sell freaking singles. You, you used to be the single seller. I used seller. to do that, yes. Opening a store has got to be tough, though, right? It's, it's really tough. But what's really nice is you can do all your singles out of a freaking binder, and it doesn't take up a lot of square feet. Yeah. So anyway, there's five dealers at the Star City Open this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Buying all the cards that nobody in New York has a store to sell yeah. them to. So hopefully I'll get some. Go jo Josh and Taya forgot my goblin guides. Oh, you know, go ahead. You know what? I, he saw you'll be there. Huh? 
I mean, also Jamie Park and Andy Longo yeah. have like everything. So you can get. Uh, Go lives everything. across the street from me. I can just. Recognize that guy? What? That was Mo Rocca. I don't know who that is. He's like a TV personality. He does uh, your, your grandma's uh, lasagna or something, your grandma's ravioli on the Food Network. Uh, speaking of the meatball place. So I remember I took you to the meatball place and you're like, I have a high standard for meatball. All right, these are pretty, pretty good. It was pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, they're not better than my meatballs. I didn't say you had better yeah. I'm obsessed with figs. Yeah? Yeah. Figs are okay. But you think like mangoes is like one of the top five things on earth, right? Yeah. Like I said, I said no. I mean, it's like it's a pretty big top. I said top two percentile. Oh, well, that's different from top. Like the top five things on earth include no. like... Blake Lively. <laughs> I mean, like, unless I'm in some alternate universe with a much more understanding wife and Blake Lively doing something to me, the concept of Blake Lively is not going to supersede a mango. Just <laughs> one freaking mango. No. <laughs> Listeners, comment on whether Brian's evaluation of a single mango versus a human like, life is you know, how this balances. <laughs> It could like, be I'm anyone. Not like, it's not like her life. It's not like she has to <laughs> snuff out. <laughs> Although I'm sure there's a great, like, I'm sure there's a booming business in Blake Lively's snuff films. But, there is now. Yeah. We have a diverse listener base. So anyway. No, what I'm saying is like, like her, like my appreciation of her, I think she's pretty, I think she's a talented actress, but like I don't appreciate her more than, say, eating a mango. I hear you. Oh, did you see the, did you see the, uh, the leaderboard I put on um, the Facebook page. I did, oh, I didn't see it. It was just I Waverly and Gay. Oh, okay. Well, what, what is the leaderboard? What's the, the, the picture, background oh, picture. Oh, I thought leaderboard. I thought it was like some sort of competition. No, no, I mean I like... I thought we were tracking our Emmy picks. Oh, no. By the way, now you you were so right about Allison Janney. She She's won unbeatable. Two, she won two Emmys last night. The only reason I probably didn't pick her for the second one was I didn't know she was nominated in that as a random category, Yeah, it was right? like it was like best Allison Janney on yeah. a show other than a show Alice and Janie's on. Yeah, it wasn't in the categories we looked at, so. But she won two. Yeah, she's unbeatable at the end. It was her sixth Emmy. Fifth and sixth. Um, No surprises on Breaking Bad all around. I mean, that's a Lifetime Achievement Award, like you said before. Oh, you know what's open? Pinkberry. I like that. Oh, yeah, I'll Pinkberry. Yeah, it's Pinkberry. Um, But, car, car, car. Yeah. I go car, car, car. Brian just goes straight into the street. A shrug. <laughs> First of all, you understand that was a live taxi. Yeah. So you can never get hit by a live taxi. Why? Because you just hail it. Oh. And it stops before it hits you, and then you keep walking. The wisdom of someone who's lived his entire life in New York City. Yes. Well, I should quiz you. Like, see if you know what street corner to stand on. Like, you have four potential street corners. Yeah. To hail a cab from in an intersection? I don't know the answer. You don't know the answer. Interesting. So one that's like the, the traffic is coming from, right? This one. The one that has traffic coming in two directions. Oh! Isn't that two of the four corners? No. This is the best corner. But what's the difference between this one? Oh, oh, I see. See, because you're... You, if you, I'm on that corner, the dicks right. on this corner can... Right, you, you get best steal from best me. Yeah, yeah, I got it, two, I got it. On two cabs. Two, two streams of cabs. I thought, I'm going to just address also every potential future New York visitor. Yeah. Okay. 
if you're hailing a New York City taxi cab. Yeah. Which is pretty stupid. You should probably just be using Uber. But whatever. It's cheaper than cabs. It's now. cheaper and just more reliable. But if you're hailing a cab. And the little light yeah. on the top of the taxi uh, is off. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're not available. They're not ignoring you. If you're a beautiful They're... girl and you flash them, they will stop for you. Believe me, I've, I've, I have run the more than one rat test on this one. It works every time. <laughs> Even if their light's off? Yeah. They're like, screech! Lights on and they open it up. We've, I've run this more than once. Wow. Just saying, if their lights are off, though, they, they don't have to stop for you. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm like, yo, girls, flash them. Michael, I'm not gonna flash them. Oh, look, the, the cab stopped. Works. All right. This isn't just the sexist thing I'm saying. I was just like, I mean, we actually have done this it, but more it, than it once. It is also actually sexist, right? It's not sexist. People just say things are sexist. <laughs> are these people who are employees of yours? What? <laughs> I am such a gem at work. <laughs> Trust me. Let's sit on the bench outside of Pinkberry for a minute before we go into Pinkberry okay. finish this casting. Okay. <coughs> so we're actually like casting magical casts, like magical spells. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is a great idea. I'm so happy we did it. I, I'll be you, have a, you have a good track record also with going into a big tournament. Having cast having, about it. Yeah. Having cast, not only cast about it, but also played. Yeah. In a like, in a, whether it was a mock tournament or a real tournament, like having a little warm up tournament before the I, event. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And like, I mean, like I said before, I put a lot of reps in. I got, it just, I mean, I, I, I almost feel like I'm due the wrong way. Like, yeah. I just don't lose at all with this deck. You know, obviously, your your bad draws have to come at some point. But I'm winning a lot of like mulligan games, games with my back against the wall. It's like, you know, maybe I deserve these wins. I, I don't know, like. I guess if my opponent had remembered his Chandra's Phoenixes, I would have won harder. I, 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 not I, less I, I don't. I actually think if he'd won, remembered his Chandra Phoenix, I just kill him with Searing Just blood. crush him so much harder. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually like, like he, like you, like you spent a turn going, oh, he has all this untapped yeah. mana. I don't know if I should commit this yeah. or do this or you know. He just taps he, He's like, do something, return my Chandra Phoenix, play Chandra Phoenix. It's actually just so much better for you. Yeah. You know, his man is constrained. You get to do three extra damage that you aren't counting on. But I'm happy with my sideboard. That's the thing. Blind Obedience was good. Uh, I didn't use... I, I used the other 12 sideboard cards a lot, but I didn't use... Uh, no challenges. Chandra Pyromaster at all. Right. And that's and that's basically because you didn't play a control. Yeah. You Stormbreath Dragon? Yeah, twice. You cast him? No, I didn't have to really. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's against Jund, right? So right. Um, you I, just needed a f another another four to the face. Well, I was I I kind of figured like if he's a uh, if he's I, I feel like his only real strategy is to try to Rakdos return me, so I don't like get a bunch of mana and Rakdos return me, so I can't like accumulate a critical mass of burn and kill him that way. If that's if that's his strategy, I want to be able to top deck cards that matter. You know, a four four haste matters a lot. Sure, sure. And um, the other su supposition I had is he's probably sideboarding out cards like Dreadbore, which kill big creatures, yeah. in favor of like cards like uh, Golgari Charm and um, an Abrupt Declare to kill little creatures. Now, do you side out any of your little dudes? No, you still ain't. God, no. You're still pyromancering the hell out of everybody? I mean, I, I knew he was bringing in Nylea's Disciple and probably either had started or was bringing in more... Uh, scavenging ooze, and I sided out all my skull cracks. I mean, like, 
if somebody has an Ilea's disciple, right? But they can't answer your your Seder fire dancer. I think like the life gain off the Ilea's disciple is probably not going to matter enough. Sure. That's the that's the the idea I have, and especially if I'm playing Stormbreath Dragon, I think like I can just make up the damage really quick. You don't want to have Skullcrack in a situation where your opponent has like, you know, Pelucranos Arbor Colossus or something. Like you just like deal three, just does nothing. You're so far behind. These huge guys are gonna kill you in two or three turns. It's not how you're gonna win. Interestingly, I did. Did you see anybody playing Black Devotion at the tournament in the, in the field? I saw. I mean, I didn't see a whole lot of people around me, right? I saw like a couple of Juns, a couple mono blue devotions, red so, decks. So I played against Jund Planeswalkers. I played against Slivers. Yeah. I played against uh, Rabble Red, and then I played against. But it was all real decks, other than the Slivers deck that you beat. Right. I'm telling you this, like. <laughs> I've lost to the Slivers deck online too. I'm just telling you, like, <clears throat> the the Mana Sliver into Cyclonic Rift is a beating. Yeah, I believe you. I hope not to play. I mean, actually, I hope I play against that deck for the rest of my life, every round. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, completely honest. Yeah, with no, you. I think that's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> I'm it's not perfect. between Young Pyromancer and Seder Firenancer. I'm not sure which guy they can beat, right? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, if they get there, oh, but you just yeah. a Seder Firenancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he had, he had literally everything. He had Diffusion Sliver. Like all his slivers are like Frost uh, Frost Titans. Like, counter unless you pay two more. Yeah. Like, yeah, first strike and death touch. And it all. How? How do more people not play this red-white deck? I don't know. It's awesome. Yeah. Good job, man. And shout I guess. And Oh, we played basically but, the same deck no, as me. No, I mean, I, I, mean I, I have to look at the exact list now, but Shouta played something similar. Yeah. He may have been more red-based. I don't know if he was as red-white. But he had the... Shoda Yasoka at the Pro Tour played something that was burned that sided up into mid-range with Chandra Pyromasters. Do you have and, a and, and sorry, I can look them up. No, we don't look them. All right. This is still a Top 8 Magic podcast. All right, good. I, don't I mean, you, like, I'm... fool yourself. I mean. All right, all right. All right, so... We're going to pick Pinkberry. I'm going to, yeah, we're going to pick Berry. We're going to do that off air. And, uh... You're going to wish me good luck. I am going to wish you good luck. Thanks. I don't think you're going to need it. I, I honestly feel like you're really well prepared for this event. Uh, I wish Josh and Tay good luck, because I don't know how well they've prepared. Yeah, what if I have to play against them in day two, playing for top eight, but you wish I, them good no, luck? No, no, I will totally... You reneg the you luck. You text me. Yeah. If you're paired up against them, yeah. you text me, and I will text them bad luck. Like, I'll be like, look, I'm sorry, I like you, but bad luck this round. Like three or four different tournaments I've played in like the last couple of years, I've been like on a roll about to like... Winning in for top eight of an open, winning in for top eight of a PTQ. And then I call Patrick or like text Patrick, I'm doing great. And then like I just, the wheels fall right off. You just have to like no contact with Patrick. I, I, used to, I used to have that rule with my wife. Like if I'm yeah. in a tournament, like, like if I, she'd be like, all right, call me. And then I'd call her and then I'd start losing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so I like, then there was a, no, so there was like Pro Tour New York 2000. Yeah. That happened. Like we were doing okay. And then I called her and then I started losing. And Pro Tour New York 2001. I didn't call her at all, and we almost top aided. Yeah, like Patrick's always just like. And now she understands. Mike, you want? I want you to get back on the pro tour. I want you to work on deck design. So I'm like really excited, you know. Yeah. I'm doing well. Call my friend. I think it's probably because you're getting ahead of yourself. It's not yeah. that you're calling Patrick, but you're you're letting all of those fantasies creep yeah. in, and you're thinking. That's always your. That's honestly, this is always like your biggest pitfall when you play Magic. 
is not playing in the present. Yes, absolutely. Not playing in the present and thinking about like all the implications of the, like you become you become enamored of the cool things. Yeah. Not necessarily the cool plays, but like all the implications of winning this event or qualifying for the pro tour. Yeah, man, as opposed to like being as focused as you are in round one. Yeah. On playing your best magic possible and not forgetting your triggers and sideboarding absolutely correctly. Like you become a little you you drift a little bit into showman. Yeah. And then I think that's where it becomes dangerous for you. And I think that's when you're like, hey Patrick. Yeah. You know. Like I, I, I was thinking um even that like regional. You should call me, because I'll yell at you. Where I top aided with the Mishra deck. Yeah. Like I, I won this like really tough matchup. I think I think it was against Tron or like some other blue control deck. And I thought I played really well. And Osus comes by and he's just like, dude, I don't even understand you. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I won. And he's like, it's like, but how are you playing? I'm like, you know, I was just trying to set myself up that if I draw, I don't know what we're, if it was Tritivore or whatever, well, you know, if I draw X, then I'm going to be in a good position. He's like, why don't you just win with the cards in your hand? <laughs> That's, like, he literally says to me, why don't you just win with the cards in your hand? Why are you just worried about the next thing? Right. That's like, eh. basically what you always accuse me of. Yeah. Well, you're the greediest. I mean, I, Brian's not actually greediest. I just say he's greediest to make the tension away from myself of my level of greed. Yeah. All right, so um, that's it for tonight. I think we, we, we I'll string this together. Hopefully, yeah. We just send podcast. them all to Kyle. He'll yeah. Put them. He'll put them in. All right. Into sweet. Um, yeah. So I'll have him do that. Too. So um, please uh, check out our Facebook page, uh, Facebook.com/slash/topitmagic. Uh, like it and stuff like that. Sorry, um, I know I've been I've been teasing out our playmat. Well, so I wanted to put the playmat art for our no, leaderboard, no, 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 no. but no, we're not. Gonna no, do no, that. it's not ready. It's like we have a sketch. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, like it's better than most playmats. I mean, you have like a professional, well-known artist doing it. Right. This is gonna be exciting. Uh, um, but I, I want to wait until we have the finished, you know, the fully painted. Yeah. Playmat. So. so. We have that. Um, and then that's going to be re- really... I think that's going to be really... I'm, I'm super excited for that. I don't care if we don't sell a single one of those. I just want it. Yeah. But I'd I like care, to sell a couple. I, I care I'd like to sell, sell a couple. We're going to invest some money in turning them out, so hopefully we'll sell a few. Yeah. All right. So, so this has been uh, Michael J. Flores. Brian David Marshall for Top 8 Magic. Thanks for listening. And we won! Yay! Yay!